0: I'm kind of excited to start a new series of messages. We're going to be in the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs. Uh, Proverbs is a book of wise sayings, mostly attributed to Solomon, uh, King Solomon, whose name does appear in three places as the author uh, in chapters 1, 10, and 25, and who, if you read First Kings, you'll see that he was endowed with wisdom by God himself. God granted him divine uh, wisdom. Uh, it also states there that he wrote 3,000 proverbs and 1,005 songs. Not 1,006, 1,004, pretty exact, 1,005 songs. Uh, two other authors are given in the book of Proverbs, Agur. For chapter thirty and King Lemuel for chapter thirty-one, uh, the uh, uh, the what woman um, the virtuous woman, yes, from King Lemuel, uh, and then Proverbs from chapter twenty-two seven through chapter twenty-four are s- given simply as the sayings of the wise. Uh, more than likely, a collection that Solomon. Picked up from others and felt that they were worthy to include in here. Uh, The Proverbs are little snippets of truth mostly. Uh, It's part of the inspired Word of God. Uh, So, you know, it it, it is there from God to us. But yet, if we're going to truly understand this book, we must first understand the intent in which it is given. The book of Proverbs. Uh, is intended to provide us with wisdom and truth, right? Concise principles that if we follow them, we can expect positive results in our lives. It's not intended uh, necessarily to give us hard and fast promises from God without exception. Let me let me give you a human example this morning. Uh, let's say in the area of finances, I tell you, you know, counsel you and say, you know, Uh, what you ought to do is put aside some every month into savings, grow a savings account, so when something unexpected comes, you'll have money there uh, to be able to deal with that, you won't have to worry about it. Is that good advice? Obviously, right? So let's say you do that, you start putting some money aside, and you get $1,500 in a savings account, and you're all proud of yourself, and I'm proud of you too, and then the transmission goes in the car, and it's $3,200. You still have to worry about that, yeah, right. So it's 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 not foolproof, but is that advice still good advice? Is it still true? Is it still wise? Absolutely, right. So um, let let me give you an example out of out of Proverbs. Proverbs sixteen and verse seven says this: When a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord. He makes even his enemies live at peace with him. Great advice? Absolutely. Now let me ask you this. What person who walked this earth who uh, had ways that were more pleasing to the Lord than anybody else ever? Jesus. What did his enemies do to him? They nailed him to a cross, right? <laughs> okay. They beat him. Um, how many other wonderful Christians throughout the centuries, have been martyred for their faith. So there's no guarantee. These these proverbs are not guarantees from God. If you do this, this will happen. But it's no less true, right? Um, As a general principle, think about it. If a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, what does that mean? That means that this person is loving, kind, generous, forgiving, honest, merciful, the kind of person that treats others with respect, who isn't antagonistic, doesn't demand their own way, but tries to uh, meet people in the middle, right? Um, So this person is someone who, generally speaking, uh, other people, even if they don't agree with them, they're going to get along with them because they're a great person, right? So even though it's not a quote-unquote guarantee, it's still wise. It's still true, right? So that's how we need to uh, approach the Proverbs. Not if I do this, this is the guarantee. That's, that's not the intent. It is wisdom, it is truth, and you and I can expect overall positive results in our lives. And because we are choosing to follow God and His ways, right, ultimately His blessing will be on us, right? So maybe a, a specific situation doesn't work out, but overall the blessing of God is going to be in our lives when we follow His word. Amen? So um, so what the Proverbs does is to show us the best possible way to live so that we can have the best chances for success in life, in relationships, in society, in business, etc., etc. It shows us how to walk in integrity and uprightly in the sight of God and others. But, again, because it is the inspired Word of God, it also will carry with it the blessing of God on our lives. And that's why, right from the get-go, Proverbs is going to state that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The beginning of all wisdom. Pastor and author Chuck Swindoll, if you know that name, um, he wrote this concerning Proverbs. The fear of the Lord refers to our viewing him with the respect he deserves. It means living our lives in light of what we know of him, holding him in the highest estimation and depending on him with humble trust. Only then, Proverbs teaches, will we discover knowledge and wisdom. So you and I determining to love God, to revere him, to trust him. That is the beginning and the foundation for all other wisdom and the standard by which then all other wisdom and knowledge is judged. This over here sounds good, but is this wisdom? Is this advice coming from over here? Uh, is is it uh, consistent with loving and reverencing God? Does it harmonize with that which God has already written in His Word? Yes, then it's good and sound advice. If not, Toss it out. You with me? So not only, um, you know, that right relationship with God uh, being the foundation, but it's also uh, in that how we, how we judge all the other information coming to us. Uh, because Proverbs, um, as we'll see, also affirms human wisdom as beneficial. Uh, it says, for example, in Proverbs 15, 5, it says that a fool despises his father's instruction, but whoever heeds reproof is prudent. Notice it's not talking about the Word of God. It's talking about his father's instruction and reproof. The assumption is that this is a loving father, right, who is giving the benefit of their experience to help their child to grow, to help their child to avoid problems and have a good quality of life. Um, something like, like my dad used to say, never quit your job until you have another one lined up. Okay, That's not in the Bible, but it's still good, sound advice, right? From a father to a son. So um, a lot of us, when we were teenagers, uh, were foolish and uh you know, didn't heed our father's instructions and reproof, right? And we, we found out uh, what that was all about. Um, but again, is it a guarantee? No. Um, do all fathers always give, you know, 100% awesome advice to their kids? No. Uh, so we have to take Proverbs as it is in giving us wisdom and truth. To show us the best way to live so that we have the best chances for success in life. And as we follow that advice in the context of having a right relationship with God, esteeming him above all, loving him and trusting him, putting our lives in his hands, we can expect overall positive results. Uh, and there, and though it doesn't guarantee each circumstance is going to turn out 100% PT all the time, right? We can know that we did the best. thing. If we follow these proverbs, we've done the best that we can do. And that 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 feeling of contentment and that expectation of God's overall blessing will help keep us, you know, uh, on an even keel. So I'm entitling this series. Uh, living your best life, living your best life, because that's what Proverbs is for. Here is how to live your best life. And I know that as we unpack the wisdom in this book, we're going to find nuggets of gold that are going to help us to live and experience that best life. So let's jump in this morning. The book of Proverbs, chapter 1, verse 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. Let's stop there. So here Solomon, by his own hand, or through the hand of a scribe uh, that he's put to this task, is telling us why he put these proverbs together in a book for other people to read. Right? This is the book of how to do life. You ever hear someone say, I wish life came with a manual? Well, guess what? It does. It's called the Word of God. This is the manual for life. And specifically here in Proverbs, written to us to be a manual about life. Right? Um, Circle the words... Know and understand in verse 2. I love this because these are not just arbitrary concepts, nor are they secret knowledge, right? Only for the elite. These proverbs are for whosoever. Aren't you glad of that, right? So we can all gain knowledge and understanding. Not just knowledge, but also understanding. There's a difference. Right? How many know that there is a thing called gravity? Nobody? Walt does. All right, Walt and Robin know that there's this thing called gravity. The rest of you, I guess, can load up. Um, but anyway, um, so there is this thing called gravity. We all know about it, right? How many know exactly how and why it works? Okay, there you are, right? So there's a difference between knowledge and understanding, right? Um, So it's the intent of these Proverbs to cause us to grow both in our knowledge and our understanding about life. How to do it right. How to do it right. Instructions in wise dealing, verse 3. I like that. Of course, it was a little different at the time when Solomon wrote these. um, Back when most of life, I would think, taking care of just everyday needs involved dealing with a farmer, a shepherd, a carpenter, you know, there was dealings all day long, you know, right, even for, even for, you didn't go into stores uh, to buy milk, you went to the farmer, right, Um, stuff like that, but nonetheless, we we still have dealings with individuals, right, dealings with small businesses, um, and there's all kinds of business deals and negotiations going on all the time, so these principles definitely uh, aid us in wise dealings with others. Um, and this book is going to set down principles for how to treat others right and fair. Um, my my brother uh, hired a, a mover, a professional mover, and uh, I saw the text. I'll, I'll, I'll see you, unfortunately, Sunday morning. See you Sunday morning at 9 o'clock. Okay, 9 o'clock came, 10 o'clock came, 11 o'clock came, first phone call went unanswered, first text went unanswered, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, never did contact my brother or get any answer from him at all. So all of this expectation of three professional movers that were going to load the pod for us didn't happen so we ended up having to do it ourselves. Um, is that right? Is that fair? No? <laughs> um, you see, you see some of that nowadays. Uh, Tom talks about the days when you could just shake a person's hand and, and their word was gold. Uh, this, is, this is what Proverbs is going to get us back to, you know, to be right and fair, to be a person of your word. To, to, if you say you're going to be somewhere, you're going to be there. If you say you're going to do something, you're going to do it. And that's going to set us apart from the rest of the world the way it's going, right? Stuff like that. So it's going to set down those kind of principles. Uh, do you notice here that wisdom is invariably tied to morality? Don't miss that. Wisdom and being right and fair and just are linked together. Because God says that's the wise thing to do. That's the right thing to do. Verse 4. Uh, what, are, what are these Proverbs for? To give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Prudence. It's an interesting word. It's the ability to handle oneself and one's affairs well. You may have heard the, the expression, that's a smart man, right? Or that's a smart woman there, right? It's not really about intelligence so much as it is streetwise, right? They got street smarts. Um, you, you've got um, uh, people exercising wisdom and skill in dealing with other people and dealing with circumstances, Proverbs says, these, these are going to help you to be in that place, to handle yourself well in a variety of different circumstances. Um, even to the simplest among us, like me. Aren't you glad? They also will give discretion to the youth. Right? Discretion is the ability to make wise choices and display good judgment, especially in avoiding trouble. Okay, Uh, Where does discretion come from? You think about it. Something that comes a little more with age, doesn't it? Because we've made our mistakes and we've learned from those mistakes because we've gotten ourselves into trouble 150,000 times, so now we have discretion. I'm not going to do that again, right? But the Proverbs here, giving wisdom and understanding, say we'll, we'll give that discretion to the youth, right? To the youth that don't have a lot of life experience. If in fact they will hear and receive what is being taught. They'll get the benefit of that wisdom. And grow in discretion even at a young age. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. Verse 5. Let the wise hear and increase in learning. And the one who understands obtain guidance. Those who already have wisdom will likewise benefit from this book of Proverbs. As a matter of fact, as we'll see uh, when we get into chapter 9, that is one uh, characteristic of truly wise people, that they're open to learning more. They're open to growing. They don't shut it off and say, eh, I know it all, right? Do do, do you usually associate know-it-alls with wise people? Right? No. But the wise people are like, oh, Okay, I can I can learn, I can grow. So we have that. Um, these proverbs, verse six, are made to be understood, even though some might appear at a glance to be a riddle. He's talking about the the riddles of the wise. For example, uh, you, you you've heard the phrase a bird in a hand is worth two in the bush, right? We we all know that. Uh, th- that saying. It's its a riddle, if you will, right? We're not talking about birds here, are we? At, at least, you know, none of us are, are bird hunters uh, by trade. Um, so, so there's a riddle to it. There's something that needs to be figured out. Uh, something about a sure thing versus the potential for more and weighing that risk, right? Um, wisdom there. So these proverbs are meant to be understood. They're not meant to be riddles. They're they're meant for even the simple, again, and the young to be able to understand. And as we understand, when we get into these proverbs more, as we understand them, it's going to um, cause us to grow in that wisdom so that we can understand other things, right? It's it's a um, kind of an exponential kind of thing going on. So, Um, then finally, there is the statement of all statements, verse seven, that the fear of the Lord, reverencing him, loving him, trusting him above all is the beginning, is the starting point for all other wisdom. If we don't know him, right, we're, 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 we're lost, um, we're, we're, we, we don't have the benefit of, of his uh, presence and his protection and his promises and his grace and his eternity. We were created to be in relationship with him. So knowing him, loving him, reverencing him above all is the single wisest move that we can, be, before that we take that step, we're in darkness. Right? And everything else coming to us gets filtered through darkness. So we step over into the light and then all other wisdom becomes available to us. Fear of the Lord, starting point for it all. So obviously, the question for everyone in the house and online this morning. How is it between you and... And the Lord, have you taken that first step of wisdom? Have you heard his voice? Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone would hear my voice and open that door, I will come in. It's the establishment of a relationship with God from which all other life springs. Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Without him, there is no life. You've probably heard that sign uh, or seen that sign, No Jesus, K-N-O-W, No Peace, K-N-O-W. And then the flip side, N-O, Jesus, N-O, Peace, right? So, no Jesus, no peace. No Jesus, no peace, right? No life, no wisdom aside from him. So how is it with you and the Lord? Have you made that step? Have you opened the door to him? Have you heard his voice and made him the Savior and Lord of your life? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Oh, Lord, thank you. Not only that you made us, not only that you gave us physical life, but that even though we've sinned and we've fallen short of your glory, you have opened the door to eternal life, a life that stems from a relationship with you. It starts now and goes forever and ever. Thank you, as as Kate talked about in her children's message, that if we confess our sins, you are faithful to cleanse us, to forgive us, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if you're here or listening to my voice online and you haven't made that step, do that this morning. Do that this afternoon, this evening, whenever you're listening. Confess to the Lord. Just say, just say Lord, I'm a sinner. You don't have to get down into each and every dirty detail. Lord, I'm a sinner. I've transgressed your laws. I, I've. You, you know the things I've done. You know my heart. I give it to you. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for taking my sin upon yourself. For taking my punishment upon yourself on that cross. So that I can be forgiven and cleansed from all unrighteousness. So Lord, I'm asking you to be my Savior, and my Lord, I want to take that step. I want to make the, the, the reverence of you, the love of you, the trust of you, basis for my life. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Make me a member of your family. For your glory and honor. In your awesome name.